Hello there, this is Priscilla Marks from Sao Paulo, Brazil. You are listening to the English Sabbath School podcast, Information and Transformation. Hello, hello, dear friends. I'm Mo Sena for the English Sabbath School podcast. Lesson 10. I said lesson 10 for Sunday, March 3rd. No, 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 Carmencita, it's not third. No, 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 no. Third, something else. Don't do that. Third, stick your tongue out. Very good. Today's title, The Lord's Unstoppable Faithfulness. It's funny to say unstoppable, isn't it? <laughs> unstoppable faithfulness. A long title. And what does it mean? But first, we shall pray. Dear Heavenly Father, oh, we are so grateful for the good night of rest, for the wonderful Sabbath we had yesterday, and for you teaching us day by day. Lord, we surrender our time, our lives to you. Everything we are, we hope to be, we owe it all to you. Guide us now with your spirit. May we never forget, never lose sight of your faithfulness that cannot be held back, cannot be stopped. Oh, Father, such love we can't find anywhere else. In Jesus' name, amen. So get your Bibles ready. Move it, move it. Open your Bibles to Psalm 78. It's quite a long one. There are 71, 72 verses. Yes, Pastor Intel, you got it right. <laughs> 72 verses. It's quite a long psalm. I'm telling you that. And they ask you what three key historical epochs are highlighted in this psalm. What recurring lessons does Asaph draw from each period? Very interesting. Uh, we cannot rush through it. Come on. This Psalm 78 should be for the whole week, at least, because there are three very important historical eras, periods, that are highlighted in it. And also, what recurring lesson does Asaph draw from each period? But... What shall we say? What shall we say, right? Let us tr try our best here. Psalm 78. I'm going to be reading from the NIV, the New International Version. But please, feel free to use any translation that you prefer. Psalm 78, a masculine of Asaph. My people, hear my teaching. Listen to the words of my mouth. I will open my mouth with a parable. I will utter hidden things, things from of old, things we have heard and known, Things our ancestors have told us. We will not hide them for, from their descendants. We will tell the next generation the praiseworthy deeds of the Lord, his power and the wonders he has done. He decreed statutes for Jacob and established the law in Israel, which he commanded our ancestors to teach their children, so the next generation would know them, even the children yet to be born, and they in turn would tell their children. Then they would put their trust in God and would not forget his deeds, but would keep his commands. They would not be like their ancestors, a stubborn and rebellious generation whose hearts were not loyal to God, whose spirits were not faithful to him. The men of Ephraim, though armed with bows, turned back on the day of battle. They did not keep God's covenant and refused to live by his law. They forgot what he had done, the wonders had shown them. He did miracles in the sight of their ancestors in the land of Egypt, in the region of Zoan. He divided the sea and led them through. He made the water stand up like a wall. He guided them with the cloud by day and with light from the fire all night. 
He split the rocks in the wilderness and gave them water as abundant as the seas. He brought streams out of a rocky crag and gave and made water flow down like rivers. But they continued to sin against him, rebelling in the wilderness against the Most High. They willfully put God to the test by demanding the food they craved. They spoke against God. They said, Can God really spread a table in the wilderness? True, he struck the rock and water gushed out. Streams flowed abundantly, but can also give us bread? Can he supply meat for his people? When the Lord heard them, he was furious. His fire broke out against Jacob and his wrath rose against Israel. For they did not believe in God or trust in his deliverance. Yet he gave a command to the skies above and opened the doors of the heavens. He rained down manna for the people to eat. He gave them the grain of heaven. Human beings ate the bread of angels. He sent them all the food they could eat. He let loose the east wind from the heavens and by his power made the south wind blow. He rained meat down on them like dust, birds like sand on the seashore. He made them come down inside their camp, all around their tents. They ate till they were gorged. He had given them what they craved. But before they turned from what they craved, even while the food was still in their mouths, God's anger rose against them. He put to death the sturdiest among them, cutting down the young men of Israel. In spite of all this, they kept on sinning. In spite of his wonders, they did not believe. So he ended their days in futility and their ears in terror. Whenever God slew them, they would seek him. They eagerly turned to him again. They remembered that God was their rock, that God Most High was their Redeemer. But then they would flatter him with their mouths, lying to him with their hearts and tongues. Their hearts were not loyal to him. They were not faithful to his covenant. Yet he was merciful. He forgave their iniquities and did not destroy them. Time after time he restrained his anger and did not stir up his full wrath. He remembered that they were but flesh, a passing breeze that does not return. How often they rebelled against him in the wilderness and grieved him in the wasteland. Again and again they put God to the test. They vexed the Holy One of Israel. They did not remember his power, the day he redeemed them from the oppressor, the day he displayed his signs in Egypt, his wonders in the region of Zoan. He turned their river into blood. They could not drink from their streams. He sent swarms of flies that devoured them and frogs that devastated them. He gave their crops to the grasshopper, they pro their produce to the locust. He destroyed their wines with hail and their sycamore figs with sleet. He gave over the cattle to the hail, their livestock to bolts of lightning. He unleashed against them his hot anger, his wrath, indignation and hostility, a band of destroying angels. He prepared a path for his anger. He did not spare them from death, but gave them over to the plague. He struck down all the firstborn of Egypt, the firstfruits of manhood in the tents of Ham. But he brought his people out like a flock. He led them like sheep through the wilderness. He guided them safely, so they were unafraid, but the sea engulfed their enemies. And so he brought them to the border of his holy land, to the hell country his right hand had taken. He drove out nations before them and allotted their lands to them as an inheritance. He settled the tribes of Israel in their homes, but they put God to the test and rebelled against the Most High. They did not keep his statutes. 
Like their ancestors, they were disloyal and faithless, and as unreliable as a faulty bow. They angered him with their high places. They aroused his jealousy with their idols. When God heard them, he was furious. He rejected Israel completely. He abandoned the tabernacle of Shiloh, the tent had set up among humans. He sent the ark of his might into captivity, his splendor into the hands of the enemy. He gave his people over to the sword. He was furious with his inheritance. Fire consumed their young men, and the, their young women had no wedding songs. Their priests were put to the sword, and their widows could not weep. Then the Lord awoke as from sleep, as a warrior awakes from the stupor of wine. He beat back his enemies. He put them to everlasting shame. Then he rejected the tents of Joseph. He did not choose the tribe of Ephraim. But he chose the tribe of Judah, Mount Zion, which he loved. He built a sanctuary like the heights, like the earth that he established forever. He chose David, his servant, and took him from the sheep pens. From tending the sheep, he brought him to be the shepherd of his people, Jacob of Israel, his inheritance. And David shepherded them, shepherded them with integrity of heart, with skillful hands, he led them. Wow, a long psalm, my friends. But I could here see um, the historical epochs about the, the Exodus and the people in their pilgrimage through the desert for those 40 years. I could see also, and then the, the song goes to before the Exodus, when Egypt was hit by the plagues, and then it moves back to the settlement of the new promised land of Canaan, and, and, and through the time of judges and the times of wars and battles until reaching its climax with David as their king. Very interesting highlights there. But the recurring lessons that Asaph was drawing from each period, what was it? Exactly, rebellion, stubbornness, right? Resisting, I can't speak. <laughs> resisting, rejecting God for in so many ways, praising him with their lips, but lying to him in their hearts. And how can we lie to God? He knows it all. <laughs> Interesting, fantastic lesson. That, that, that's why I think that a psalm like this, we can't read in a rush. We would have to spend the whole week at least studying parts of it to dig and get more and more lessons. Of course, we just get a glimpse here, but I think that the author of the lesson and the editors, they should encourage us to teach it and teach us how to study the Bible. They cannot take for granted that everybody that's studying the Bible study guide knows how to study the Bible in the best way possible. But anyway, focus more. The lesson commenced the following. The reviews of Israel's past highlight God's faithfulness and Israel's unfaithfulness. They also should teach coming generations not to repeat their ancestors' mistakes, but to trust God and to remain faithful to his covenant. The psalmist uses history as a parable, which means that the people should deeply ponder the psalm's message and search for the meaning for themselves. Psalm 78 verse 2 is a prophetic description of Jesus' method of teaching in parables. The psalm also reflects on the times of the Exodus, the settlement in Canaan, and the time of David. It demonstrates the Lord's glorious deeds and the consequences of the people's breaking of their covenant with Israel. Israel's history recounts many forms of the people's disloyalty to God, especially their idolatry. 
The psalmist, however, stresses the root of the Israelites' unfaithfulness. They forgot what God had done for them, did not trust God, but put God to the test, rebelled against him and failed to keep his law, his covenant and his testimonies. By stressing these specific forms of disloyalty, the psalmist implies that the rejection of Israel in history has resulted from one core sin, namely the people's failure to trust the Lord. Oh, tragedy of tragedies. When reading this psalm, one is overwhelmed with the people's constant stubbornness and spiritual blindness in contrast to the Lord's boundless patience and grace. Oh, yes. How was each new generation so slow to, to learn? Before we get overly judgmental of past generations, uh-huh, we should consider ourselves. Oops. <laughs> Aren't we also forgetful of God's past wonders and neglectful of his covenantal requirements? Yes. The psalm does not encourage people to rely on their own deeds. Instead, Psalm 78 shows the futility of human, human will unless it is grounded in constant awareness of God's faithfulness and an acceptance of His grace. The unsuccessful battles of God's people, uh, Psalm 78 verse 9, verses 62 through 64, elucidate the psalm's lesson that human efforts apart from faithfulness to God, are doomed to end in failure. What lessons have you learned or should have learned from your past mistakes? And from this psalm as well. Fantastic lesson. Too much information, I think, but fantastic lesson for today. Lesson 10 for Sunday, March 3rd. If you do have time, read it again, get a Bible study guide and read and meditate about those lessons, what points are applicable to us today. And there are so many things, that, many treasures that we can take just from this psalm. Fantastic. The Lord's unstoppable faithfulness. Thank you, my friends, for listening, for sharing and for praying with us and for us.